Salutations! Yeah. And welcome, Woo. welcome to the 29th episode 29 of, the, of, them. of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Louisville, of Louisville City FC's supporters group yeah. Scouse's House. Yeah, the most official podcast of all time. It's the official podcast of the official supporters group, yeah. of one of the two official supporters groups of Louisville City FC. I am your host, Evan Floyd, here for the 29th episode. I suppose this is probably like my 25th or 26th. Technically. Yeah. So, but the no, pod you're at 20, This would be your... You missed we ha- two. We have, the, we have the hidden podcast that no one's ever heard. True. That's buried under the stadium. Yeah. We have uh, two where I was in Florida. I believe that's it. So, I've missed three of them. So, um, this is 26 for me. Have you really? Oh, uh, yeah. Twice I was in Florida. You did it with David. Yeah. So. And hey, David. Um, Good job, bud. Yeah, nice, nice work, substitute anchor. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not excited to be here, but I'm also not unexcited to be right. here. I mean, anytime I get to spend some time talking Lou City football with you, well, come on, come on. Well, it's just special. And when I say that I'm talking Lou City football with you, I can only be referring to one you. And in this particular instance, that you. <laughs> Is my co-host, who is coming to us live from a 40-year high school reunion in Portland, Oregon. Yeah! My main man, Andy Frederick. Thank you. Thank you. So, A, I I wasn't ever a fan of high school reunions in general. Sure. Um, I'm also not old enough to go to a 40-year, so I figured I would just... And you've never been to Portland? I've never been to Portland. Sure. Um... But, you know, they say that Portland's a pretty cool place to hang out. I've heard that reputation. Um, and I figured, why not go to a reunion? Sure. Um, it's terrible. Hang it's out. It's terrible here. Hang out with a bunch of 60-year-olds? No, it's and... so sad. No? No good? No, it's sad. Is there good dancing? <laughs> Is there much romancing? No, no. Well, weirdly. Yeah. Weird romancing. That... Like, gross romancing. Sure, sure. I yeah. get that. So, imagine 50... To a hundred Kenny Allwards. Oh, <laughs> that's just mean. Kenny, Kenny's only been out of high school for like... Just making out with each other. 20, that's what it is. 26 years. <laughs> this is harsh. I don't I don't want to be a part of this. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not there. All right. Now that the pleasantries are out of the way, yeah. uh, it's time to break the news to everybody that Andy and I are, in fact, all alone tonight. There's no guest. There's nobody here but us. I try very hard to bring the, you, the best and brightest that Louisville City. You do an amazing job getting guests to come on. Our corralling show. people. You do a really. You do an amazing job. It's mostly through bribery. I'm not going to lie, but uh, they've they've heard about purple stuff and they want to get in on it. We've had people on the show that I've been that when you have said, "Hey, our guest this week is going to be this person," I've legitimately been like, "How? How? Yeah, Jared." How? You were that way about Jared? <laughs> yeah. No, we have wonderful guests, and uh, the people that I reached out to to uh, come on the show this week, uh, you know, they live busy lives. And the Tuesday game really threw a wrench in some plans yeah. because uh, we frequently record on Tuesday or Wednesday night, and I like to offer our guests that option mm-hmm. to be as amenable as possible. Mm-hmm. But this time, I only had one day to offer, and I uh, I got I got started late, so... 
you know, it's just us. And for anybody who's really upset and already turning the podcast off, I apologize. And I'll do better for next week, I promise. Next week's guest, Kenny Loggins. K-Log? K-Log. I made Take that up. into the danger zone. I made that up. I, I'm in the danger zone because that was that was a bold-faced lie. You I know have, what? I, I have, I've gotten a firm maybe from Kenny Loggins. <laughs> I, I apologize for not having a guest, but not really because it's, it was a weird week. It was a weird it week. It was just a strange week. Yeah. Uh, all around. And now we just need to know what we're going to talk about. And, uh, well, forced to know what I, I flipped it last time, buddy. I think this yeah. is, I think this is all yeah, you. I'll do we're going to have a coin toss to determine if we're going to start with a, uh, a preview or a review. And I sincerely don't care this time. No, I don't care. I don't care. So, uh, whichever one you, uh, get, and let's, we'll, let's see we'll get to why. Yeah. We don't care. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. I also like that we have just abandoned abandoned keeping track of oh god well we're, we're we've literally been doing this for over half a year so we've oh, been doing this for more god. than six months now it's just gone nearly seven months at this point the passion is gone for the coin flip for keeping track of the coin right. flip. i'm right. still always right. excited to see what it'll be well here we go long one heads, heads. all right so we're gonna get to talk about pittsburgh First and foremost. And I'm fine with that. That's fine with me. All right. So uh, going on the road. Riverhounds. Going to play the Riverhounds in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Not, as your wife believed, here in Louisville. No. She lied to a poor beer vendor about where the game was going to be taking place. And he felt like he had been fired and that they they had just not invited him to come back. I felt so bad. She was like, are you going to be here Saturday? And he was like, what Saturday? A game. There's a game. He was going home to check his work schedule and to make and probably update his resume. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He just felt, sad. Yeah. But we uh, we we do our best to befriend the beer the beer vendors and. Well, he's a nice dude. He he's, remembers us. And he's good you know, poor. He's, yeah. Good poor. Solid poor. Yeah. All right, but uh, beer vendor aside. Right. Uh, playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm already seeing uh, notes on social media that there may be as many as 30 to 40 people making the trip up there for the game, Jesus. which I applaud everybody who's going to make that yeah. truck trek. I've done that before. Pittsburgh's not a hard drive, but it's not an easy drive. How far is that? Like what kind of mile wise, I'm not positive, but hours wise, yeah. you're talking six ish, six to seven, depending on how what kind of driver you got. I hear. It's lovely this time of year, though. No, it's not. No. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's fine. As long as you're not there in the winter, Pittsburgh's fine. It's the same weather everybody gets, though. It's. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be affected by the hurricane or not, though, because it is much closer to the coast yeah. than we are. And so I don't know if they're expecting any, uh, you know, funky spirals going up the coast. Worst case scenario, take a, take a little detour to, to Hershey. Sure. Play in Hershey, Pennsylvania, yeah. home of Christian Pulisic. Yeah. And chocolate. And chocolate. <laughs> and yeah. a company. Yeah, them. Them. Right, right. Uh, no, so glad that a bunch of people are making the trip up. I haven't heard anything about the weather being completely unplayable or anything like that. But Pittsburgh Riverhounds themselves kind of are unplayable. Yeah. Uh, it's, they park it. It's Lily Ball, and it is what it is. Like, you can't. You can't fault him because Bob Lilly about, I think it was in 1794, was like, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And if you hire me, I will make your team do this too, and they will do it very well. Yeah. And when he's got the personnel to implement it, and they uh, they do, it's, it's devastating. I mean, you're playing, a, I mean, it's essentially the 
soccer equivalent of the pack line defense. Yeah. You're you're dealing with uh, you know three legitimate waves in the defensive half, and two guys sprinting out whenever they uh, gain possession past the one third mark. I mean that's it's not complex. No, I, I don't want to undersell Bob Lilly's coaching acumen because it's not easy either. No, but uh, it's not complex. The 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 challenge for Coach Hack and the boys will be to figure out a way through it. And I'm sure they're watching video already. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're already trying to break down, you know, this is a weak link in this in these chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the keeper's good. The back line is big and strong. And uh, they, they do what they do, and they do it well. Yeah. Uh, that's why they are currently in second place. They are two points up on our boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do have a game in hand on us, I believe. Or is I that not so, a, yeah. Or is that no? Actually, I think that maybe they do not. After are you sure? Last, I am not sure. I know they're two points ahead of us. Right. And uh, that's... I thought that we had a game in hand. We, I know we've got games in hand on Charleston, who is in third, but I am not positive we have a game in hand on Pittsburgh. We'll look it up. At some point. This is the information age. We can do that. Yeah, we can We can find out. Yeah. I'm Are not going to do it now. No, yes. okay. So that's not that's not forthcoming information. The like conjecture is more fun. Okay, right? sure. So uh, we either... Have games in hand or don't, but the firm truth is we're two points behind them. Yeah, forty nine, forty seven. Cincinnati, it's it's over, people. Like I mean, just everybody catching Cincinnati is now yeah. it's it's over. So would it be legitimately impossible to catch them at this point? Uh, like somebody, you would need them to lose every single game from here into playoffs. Somebody was telling me, and I don't have the veracity of this statement. I'm not positive, but somebody was telling me that. Uh, Going into the Cincinnati game, if we won out and they lost out, but either one, us or them, got a tie, we could catch them. Yeah. But uh, so that leads me to believe that them Probably beating not. us means that we can't yeah. catch them. I think that we've got six or seven games remaining. Seven. And they're at 63 points. Yeah. We're at 47. That's, uh, I mean. The math doesn't work out. Well, I mean, I guess technically that it does because, you know, we could put up 18 points, 21 or 21 points. 21 points. But they would legitimately have to lose every single game from here. I mean, it's it's beyond the point where it's interesting to, uh, you know, try to think of a way forward. It's just not realistic. We're not catching them. No. Uh. What we can do, though, is take over second place. And I had this point raised to me by the ever-interesting Stephen McGuffey. The guff. The guff. Are we sure we want home field advantage in the playoffs? We've been playing so much better on the road than we have at home for the last— that's true. For for basically this season, uh, our home record is nothing compared to our away record. Yeah. Uh, the one solace I take is that no matter what, we would play Cincinnati on the road. We'd play in Nippert, and you know we play great in Nippert always. So that's not to be concerned about. But I mean, do we want if we're going to play uh, Red Bulls or a? Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is likely to be down there. A Charlotte or yeah. an Indy. Are those teams that we want to see at home, or do we well, want the selfish part of me just wants to go to the game? Just sheer so, convenience, yeah, but. We've talked about it before on the show, you know, we're to a point, I think, that teams are starting to get it. It used to be that Slugger Field worked for us because it was a meat grinder that we knew how to operate in. Mm -hmm. But 
if this season has shown us anything, it's that we're better when you when we're spread out. Yeah, give us a little space, a little room to we're work. We're dangerous. We here's the here, this is the truth of sports in general. And this is a theory that my dad posited to me. Mm. And it's possible that he stole it from elsewhere. So if there is an original <laughs> source, I apologize. But this is what my dad told me. And I've, I've always felt this to be true. And I definitely feel it's true at Louisville. Mm. If you've got a team that is better than the other team, mm. the good team wants as little variation as possible. You don't want – you want as few variables – thrown into the mix as you can. If you are just a better team, mm-hmm. you don't want funky weather, you don't want a weird field, you don't want strange suspensions or odd refereeing. Right. You want everything to be as straightforward as possible and you trust that being better will see you through the end. If you are a team that is not as good, if mm-hmm. you are the worst team in that scenario, you want as much strangeness Weirdness. as possible yeah. because it might work out in your favor. You want funky bounces. You yeah. want you want strange you know, calls. You there to be strange, puddles yeah. in the middle of the field. You want there to be uh, you know a guy a Teen Wolf. You want there to be weird <laughs> stuff. I think I always want there to be a Teen Wolf. <laughs> you want there to be weird <laughs> stuff going on because it increases your chances of winning. And that's uh, that's actually the Bob Lilly theory on its own, which is that he trusts that his system is better than your system. Mm-hmm. And that's why he puts, generally speaking, eight men at the back and trusts those eight men to do their job over and over and wants you to just throw the ball in, throw it in, throw it in, throw it in at the box over right. and over while his trees knock it out of there. And he trusts that that's going to work. I sincerely believe that Lou City is a better soccer team than Pittsburgh is, yeah. but we will have to out-execute them. And that's why I actually kind of like this matchup in terms of a test of skills. Right. Because this is, how good are you guys? Can you break down an entrenched defense? Can yeah. you go into an away stadium where they're not going to like you, where they're going to be excited about their second place, yeah. and they are going to try to shut you down? They're not going to, I mean, and then they're going to try to break. Yeah, it's not complex, as I've said. So you don't have to worry about. They're not going to have some clever new play. Right. They're not going to. No, they're going to. They're it. not going to come out and high press and try to get the ball back and attack. They're not going to do that. They're going to sit back and let us break our necks against the wall. Do you think? Let me let me ask you this from a from a completely uneducated fan's perspective. Oh come on, you're a college graduate, Andy. You're not uneducated. Well, what game was it that we had some weird substitutions that left us basically with Tosh? That was Toronto. Toronto. That was the Toronto game. And actually, we just did the same thing with Paco in this game. And we had three. All of our substitutions were all of offensive. Our, all of our substitutions pushed forward, yeah. Okay. Does something, not exactly that, but does something similar to that work in this case? Well, that's the that's that's why I'll be curious to see what Coach Hack does. Or is it the is it the immovable object against the unstoppable force kind of thing? Well, and that's where you just gotta hope that we are unstoppable because uh, I I think that if we fall behind, you're gonna see that mm-hmm. you're gonna see it, and then you run the Toronto risk because Pittsburgh's better than Toronto yeah. in every facet of the game. They're better at playing defense and they're better on the fast break. Right. You have to be concerned about that if Pittsburgh gets ahead. Mm-hmm. If we get ahead, I say that you keep your back line formation, whether it's three or four man, and you push forward and you do your best to 
our offense has always been our be- our has been our best defense. Right. We're better when we keep the ball, when we make good decisions, and when we are pushing forward trying to score more. Right. Uh, and that's fine. Like that's a completely reasonable plan of attack. Mm-hmm. That's all New York does, and uh, it works well for them mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, we are better defensive team than they are, mm-hmm. and that generally holds true. I think that in this game. Getting on the board early is going to be vital because right. you can't fall behind to Pittsburgh and feel like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Because then all of a sudden, instead of eight men near the box, it's nine men in the box. Yeah. And you're not, you're not, I mean, you know, barring a wonder strike or a lucky bounce, you're not getting through that. That's why early in the game, it's going to be vital that we have a show a little bit of creativity. Mm-hmm. Have a couple of nice, we're going to have to see really nice movement. Mm. The minute you see, uh, when, we, when we have the ball, mm-hmm. the question becomes, generally speaking, we're, if say we collected at the 18-yard box, our 18-yard box. Right. Well, then, you know, it's not complex what we do, frankly. It's going to be Paco and Tosh trying to outlet to, uh, you know, either of our wingbacks or to Paolo and Speedy in the middle. Mm-hmm. And if it's to Paolo and Speedy in the middle, then the wingbacks go flying by them, and they try to overlap and make that play in. And then those guys try to whip it back into our midfielders or cut it back in and play it to our strikers. It's not – I mean, that's what we do. Mm. That's not going to do it against Pittsburgh. That's not that simple plan. And also, you're not going to have a lot of opportunity for your wings to overlap because for the wings to overlap, you got to be moving forward. Yeah. And you're going to see us having the ball a lot around the Pittsburgh half of the center circle. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the ball right there with pa- with uh, Paolo and Speedy a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the ball will be while we cycle it back and forth trying to find a way through them. Mm-hmm. And the key is going to be having really nice movement across the middle of the field. So Cam and Ilya are going to have to really keep on their toes and moving forward mm-hmm. and moving side to side. And you're going to have to see George and Nile make nice cuts mm-hmm. and nice runs that create space for those wings to get into the corners because otherwise yeah. they're occupying the same place. Right. I trust the players to do it. And this is a great opportunity for Coach Hack to show that, you know, he can design some nice stuff for us because we know what we're facing. Yeah. And so I always have a great deal of respect for a coach who can go in and say, this is my game plan, I'm sticking with it, and this is how we do things. But I also have great respect for the coach who can say, my game plan isn't going to work here. i got to have some other stuff. Mm -hmm. We're probably going to need some other stuff here. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Nico Brett is going to get out on the break and score on us. And Adam Lind is going to be collecting a lot of high balls played in by George. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, you know, monsters that play the back line for them are going to be heading out a lot of balls intended for Cameron. Breaking through early, I'm telling you, is the is the key to this match for mm-hmm. me. Pittsburgh's very good. Lind has 11 clean sheets on the season. He's right in the race for the, you know, golden gloves for uh, – Lowest goals against average, mm-hmm. right there with, uh, I think it's Pickens and mm-hmm. uh, the keeper for Cincinnati and the keeper for Charlotte, Charleston. Those guys are all right there. Greg's not right there. No, no, because we've given up a lot of goals. How many goals do you think we're going to give up this week? I'm saying two one. 
2-1. All right. Us. 2-1 us. All right. What's the game look like? I think it looks almost identical to the last time we played them. Okay. I think. Like you said, I mean, it's the Lily School of Soccer. Like, (laughs) this is what I do. Yeah. Come beat me. Yeah. Which, you know, clearly it's gotten them far. It has. Bob Lilly has won a lot of games, a couple of championships. Yeah. Um, I think... I think we get something from George. Okay. George, I think we get something George from played George. a great game. We'll talk about George quite a bit when we talk about the yeah. Cincinnati game here. But. That's that's as far into predictions as mm-hmm. I want to get, is I think we get something from George. Okay. What do you think? 1-1. One, one. Think we Tom? Yeah. And I think that it's my greatest fear, which is that we have to play from behind for most of the game. I think Pittsburgh gets a goal like in the 23rd minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we get the equalizer when we're throwing the kitchen sink forward at the end of the game in like the 86th minute. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking happens. <sighs> and I think that that goal comes from Richard Ballard. All right. Richie gets the goal. You think he'll cut his hair? I think, he, I think he did a little. Did it, looked a, it looked a little shorter there at the uh, at the game this week, I thought. Or at least better kempt. <clears throat> Who just got engaged? Somebody just got engaged. Brian Ovi just, just got engaged. engaged. Just got yeah. married. No, not married. Engaged. Engaged to be married. To be married. Not engaged in a conversation. Like I mean, they may have had a conversation about it. I would assume they would have had a conversation. You would hope. If they didn't, then it was, it's going to be a rough... Rough patch to hoe. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff to get through. Years of, oh, <laughs> oh, we did not talk this through. Okay. All right. That's all I've got for a game re- a game preview. I mean, it's Pittsburgh, and there's nothing that hasn't been said about this team that we can say. And we, as much as we don't want to, we have to talk about the Cincinnati game. All right. All right. Which one? The one on Saturday or <laughs> yeah. the one on Tuesday? Yeah, I know. Um, well, probably both. Before we get to the the, the, the minutia stuff okay. of the actual game and how it looked and how it was played, mm-hmm. I want to say that we can't catch a break when it comes to big games. And I don't mean in terms of play. The damn weather. Yeah. I couldn't believe, again, we're supposed to have a big crowd. It would have been a monster crowd. Yeah. And it would have been a great day. The block party that the Black Sheep and Saints and Goodwood threw mm-hmm. was going to be awesome. And it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. But it was like 250 to 300 people less than it should have been. Yeah. And through no fault of the organizers or the uh, people who were running it, because it was great. The food was, was delicious. The beer was tasty. It was the grossest weather you could have imagined for that day. It sucked so bad. Because that's a game that should just be... Pure hype and excitement, mm-hmm. and you couldn't really do it because all we were talking about is, oh, what do you think? Is it going to get canceled? Or yeah. the, the weather's pretty bad. Is it going to keep coming down? Hey, look at the radar. Like it was a whole bunch of stuff that kept me from getting properly amped for the game, and I hate that because that's what sports is for me. Yeah. Is games like that where you can truly put your heart into it, and I never really got to. No. So uh, that being said, yeah. Also, I just want to can I put throw something in here real quick. You can throw whatever you want. 
Scouse's house, we always encourage people. We always say, bring somebody. Sure. Bring somebody. Bring somebody. Yeah. What I'm going to say is, don't bring anybody who you think might throw a beer can onto the field. Yeah, it was that was infuriating to me. Uh, after the score on Saturday night, wasn't it that at that point? Yeah. Yeah. After the score on Saturday night, uh, somebody in our section who clearly doesn't know anything about Scouse's house as a place uh, chucked a beer in frustration onto the field. And where we are, if you throw it onto the field, it's close to the players. Yeah. And this was a beer bottle. Yeah. One of the aluminum bottles. One of the, yeah. And uh, I don't know if it was full. I don't know anything about what was going on. I mean, it was capped shut. I doubt it. It was probably an empty most people don't waste beer like that, but most people also have the common sense not yeah, to not throw to crap throw on a, the field. Why would you even do that? And so it got tangled up in the netting to the goal. Somebody threw a beer onto the field, and that is that is infuriating to me because it, I want you to be ultra. I want you to be crazy. Yeah. I want you to be nuts. Be passionate. Care more than is reasonable. That's all fine with me. But that is that's not being a fan. That's being that's a, being a jerk. It's being a douche canoe. Yeah, a douche I honestly, canoe. And you know when it happened, I was like, God, Scouse's house is going to take heat for it. Yeah, I thought we would. Like probably, we're going to. Yeah. I think the only reason we didn't is because of the weather. Because there were other things going on. Wait, was there weather? There, <laughs> there was. Okay, there was some weather. All right, so I've heard uh, the game on Saturday be referred to as the drench. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as the derby, as the dirty river downpour. Yeah, somebody, uh, I think somebody, I thought I saw it um, uh, on Reddit referred to it as the flush. Yeah, that was also mentioned on uh, on the Barrel Proof podcast. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it was gross. It was a lot of it was a lot of rain. Um, so I got to go down onto the field before the game. To help pull the tarp off. And when I say got to, I mean I mistakenly volunteered for it. I did not understand what that was going to consist of when I agreed to help. It's not, it's not I was up work. in the booth saying hey to Lance because, you know, Lance is awesome. Yeah. Lance, what up? And uh, the call came over the radios that those guys all have mm-hmm. saying, hey, will people come down and uh, help us get this off the tarp? And Kevin Kernan turns to me and he goes, I'm going down there. You want to go? And I'm like, well... All right. Well, now I have to. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to let this little bike ride <laughs> punk tell me I'm not going. So I go down to help, and uh, I the burly-looking mm-hmm. uh, yard guys, uh, yard workers, like grounds crewmen, yeah. grounds crew people, were saying, all right, here's how what we're going to do, and here's how we're going to do it. And when they explained it to me, I thought, uh, well, that doesn't sound easy. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed the handle, and Kevin grabbed the handle next to me. And then another ground screw guy came and took Kevin's handle, but not mine. So Kevin got to, like, supervise. And I am still running. And let me tell you right now, I do not need to be running in front of what is essentially a, you know, several thousand pound uh, hot air balloon. Because that's you blowing up behind you. I'm not going to lie. I was exhausted. Anyway, so I got firsthand knowledge right before the game of what the field conditions were like. And the field conditions were, uh, they were playable at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not upset that they tried to get this game in because looking at the radar, I, I don't care who you are, you're not a meteorologist. I've heard a lot of people say, well, it was obvious it was going to rain all night and it was obvious it was going to be a downpour and blah, 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 blah. How could they possibly have, 
You're not a dang meteorologist. Yeah. Now, if you want to bring me, you know, name a meteorologist here in town, can you do that? Uh, what's his What's his name? Mark Weinberg? All right. If you're Mark somebody? Weinberg, I have no idea. Are you thinking of Max Weinberg? <laughs> <laughs> from, now I am. From, uh, from Conan's band. The Max Weinberg 7? Yeah. So, um... If you're Mark Weinberg or some other local radio or local meteorologist, then I'll listen to your opinion if before the game you said it was clear it was going to rain. Nobody was saying that at that point. Everybody's just looking at their radar thinking it could, and it could have. But literally, while I was standing up there with Lance, he was looking at the radar going, you know, we catch a little bit of a break. This is going to go a little north of us. It looked like... It before the game at Goodwood. Yeah, it looked like a huge chunk of it was just going to move right over us, right, very quickly. And so, you know, you go to it, and it's like, yeah, it's a little gray. Yeah, it's a little little drizzly, it's rainy. Yeah, it's and it fine. was it was rainy. It wasn't even like drizzly. It was rainy. It just wasn't rain. Right until and these are professional athletes who play a game that you play in the play rain. In the rain, yeah. And like I say, I was standing on the field before the game, and that I wouldn't have thought twice about mm-hmm. playing in that particular weather and uh, or on those particular conditions. Right. So I'm not mad at them for playing the game in the first mm-hmm. place or trying to get it in. And I'm also not mad that they stopped it when they stopped it because it became clear this is not going to be okay. Right. Like, there have been talks about whether or not there was lightning. Okay. Uh, I didn't personally didn't see any, but it doesn't matter to me. The field wasn't going to be playable at no, that point. No, I mean... The, there, was su- there was becoming a river around the infield, and that's an issue. Uh, they stopped it when they should have stopped it. Well, Cincinnati had a cross that should, frankly, have been a goal, except that the ball just stopped, stopped in yeah. a puddle. <laughs> it did, which was convenient for us that time. Yeah. But then also they got their goal... Because of a bunch of sloshing around and some weird bounces that almost certainly doesn't happen yeah. in the rain. So, I mean, if without the rain, so uh, I, I'm not mad that they tried to play. I'm not mad that they stopped to play. I'm not mad that we started one nothing in the 37th minute on no. Tuesday. No. Coach Hack didn't like it in the post game press conference. He made it clear he'd rather play international rules where you restart a game. If you so, can't play a game out, you restart a game. Okay. Okay. Which is international standard rules. But USL, I mean, everybody knew the rules. USL didn't, like, fudge them or come up with them on the fly. They knew that if play stopped, we would resume from that point. And that's what they did. So I'm not mad about any of it. I I think it sucks because playing for 55 minutes is really hard to do when you're Mm -hmm. trained to play for 90. And I think that playing in a monsoon is really hard to do when you're trained to not Not play in a monsoon. Play it relatively dry. Yeah. But... It is. I mean, it, this is the worst possible commentary, but it was what it was, man. Yeah. And uh, I thought, re- really, we had the better of the chances in that game, both days. I thought we yeah. were the better team both days, who looked more likely to score both days. I thought that uh, there were a lot of really nice things out there, uh, particularly on Tuesday, where I tweeted this after the game, and I feel like it's true. We could easily have won that game four to one. Oh yeah. Couple of things go right, a couple of finishes go clean, and we could have won that game four to one. We didn't finish any of those chances, no. and Cincinnati did a nice job of standing up at the back. They did a good job, and they have some damn trees that are hard to get at. Yeah, by. dude, they have like three or four dudes that are just huge. Yeah, like you sized, like yeah. big dudes. Yeah, and uh, that is we did. We had there was a, a one opportunity that sticks out in my mind mm-hmm. with basically a completely open goal. I mean, Richie was speedy. 
Yeah. He was laying down. Like, Richie was laying down in front of the goal at that point, and Speedy missed it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying Richie no, no, Ballard. No, no. You're talking about no, their no, keeper, Richie. Richie. Their keeper. That's my fault, man. It's okay. Yeah, he was, but he was basically, he had made yeah, he was one on the save. Ground. He was laying down. And, and Speedy put it over the bar. And that sucks. It sucks. And it was a completely open net, and he should have finished it. And I guarantee you, you put that ball to him in practice, and he finishes oh, yeah. 89 out of 100 of those. Uh, should finish 100 out of 100 of them. You finish 40 out of 100 of those. Yes. But uh, it was what it was. Again, like uh, they, they didn't go for us. And after the game, both Hack and George Davis were – you could just tell they felt like they were the better team. Mm-hmm. Like the entire time during that interview, all I was thinking was that they were thinking we were better than them. We should have won that yeah. game. We should at least have gotten a draw. I can't believe we didn't get a win. They both seemed, uh, even by post-game press conference after a loss standards, mm-hmm. they were demoralized. And I freaking love that. I want my guys to think to that was the best team in the yeah. that was the best team in the league, and we're better than them. And I can't believe we didn't beat them because we're better than them. And that's yeah. how it felt. And we had the better chances. Now, I'd also say, and fairly, they could have beaten us 2 nothing because there's a breakaway one-on-one with the keeper and their guy just missed. Yeah. Uh, that's an embarrassment. Like, that was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was right in front of Scouse's house. Yeah. We got to see it clean as day. Greg was beat to either side. Yeah. And uh, the guy just pulled it wide. That guy should finish, you know, 80 out of 100 of those. So it is what it is. That's the theme of this episode as far as I'm concerned. Is It is what it is. We didn't get the win. And I don't really feel like we deserve the win because Cincinnati played well. Yeah. They, when they fell back into their shape, they played well. I don't count any of the crap that was played the first night in terms of really playing. I thought that our guys had some interesting ideas and did some cool stuff that game, but I don't count any of it mm-hmm. because who knows. But on Tuesday night, I felt like we played better than they did. Mm-hmm. We also didn't come up with the, the final answer in their no. third. Uh, George Davis played a great game. Quattro was... He was, he was the most creative player we had on the field in terms of uh, what he was doing, in terms mm-hmm. of beating his guy to the end line before crossing it. He would send some crosses in early. He did some crossing uh, after cutting back to the inside. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of nice flick-on passes to, to cutters coming towards him in the box or away from him towards the uh, byline. I thought George was the highlight of that match for me in terms of quality of play, what he did. And how he did it. That being said, I really felt like both Cam and Ilya had off nights. Uh, Ilya's first touch was not strong. He gave up the ball a lot in the middle of the field where you need your creative player to... uh, There were some overly aggressive passes. Yeah, some of them were coming in. Well, and in his defense, some of the passes are coming in hot. Because Cincinnati's fast and you've got to... You can't just, you know, laze a pass into your central uh, lying midfielder. Mm -hmm. But... His first touch wasn't perfect, and then he pushed a couple of passes out of bounds where you thought maybe, maybe you didn't have to, and uh, gave the ball, gave up possession a little more than you'd like. Cam had two looks on free kicks where you're just used to him scoring Mm -hmm. from 26 yards, 28 yards, and you just think, oh well, if he gets two chances at this, he's going to put one in. Yeah. 
And, you know, he was off by about three feet on both of them, it looked like, which is, you know, not a ton in reality, but in soccer, it's, you know, you may as well not have even tried. Uh, Everything put together, I thought the defense played fine. They didn't have a lot to do on Tuesday night Mm -hmm. because Cincinnati wasn't bothering. Right. So I thought they played fine. They they kept their shape and their discipline even when it was down to just Paco and mm-hmm. uh, Kyle and Oscar in the back, and that's 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 fine. I didn't think it was great. Thank you, bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, I didn't think it was great, but I also didn't think it was bad. They no. just they they were solid in the back, like they needed to be. Yeah. Paco, uh, Paolo, and Speedy had a lot on their shoulders, and they played fine. Speedy's miss will rankle mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, I felt like Paco had a header that, uh, you know, he didn't put on frame and could have. Mm-hmm. At this point, you're just going back through and thinking of all the things that we did or didn't do, and that's, that's you know. Which doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't move the outcome. Doesn't move the it needle. Doesn't, like, yeah. doesn't move the needle. Things, you hate losing a rivalry game. The... Twitter trolls are nuts for Cincinnati. They're just the worst. Like, yeah. they're just the worst. But every every Cincinnati fan I talked to was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the people who came to the good, to Goodwood, I had a great chat with Very them, gracious. Several of them. Very know, gracious. And just fans of their team. Yeah. I got no objection to that. And if you want to rub our noses a little bit in it when you win, then good on you. I'd do the same thing to you. I intend to do the same thing in the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah. I, I had no objection to them. You gotta, you gotta either block them on social media or just completely accept. I'm gonna hate this. Yeah. Like if you're gonna read it, accept you're that you're gonna, gonna hate it. it. Yeah, because they're gonna say things about Lance. Nah. What? They're gonna say things about the Groove Machine. What? You know, as far as I'm concerned, there are very few unassailable things when it comes to Loose City. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't make fun of Brad's purple blazer. No. You can't make fun of El Oso, the golden pipes himself, Lance no. McGarvey. And no. you can't make fun of the Groove Machine, who are the best in the USL at what they do. Yeah. You can't. Those are three things. You know, make fun of everything else. Don't make fun of those three things. Right. Those are, those are holy to me. That's it. That's rant over on that turn. But, uh, yeah. Let's go, let's go fight them. I, you know, just the Twitter people, though. Like, I'm cool with the real actual people. These people have never been out of their basements. Just, I don't know how to help <laughs> Just get on Twitter and come fight me. Yeah, well, that, that almost never works because the, the, the pajama people stay in their pajamas. Huh? Uh, I hate losing to Cincinnati, and I intend to, I intend to dance on their graves when... City knocks them out of the playoffs, and that's assuming they can manage to get even one yeah. uh, playoff win to face us. So, but to do that, we'll have to get out of fourth place yeah. and uh, try to get back up into second or third, where we uh, at least by by talent belong. And this is where it comes for Hack. I mean, you know, this is we're two, two, and two in his three games. I mean, his six games, completely average. Even Steven, two wins, two losses, yeah. two draws. It's not what city fans expect, so that's why you start hearing some grumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to remember, for O'Connor's last six games, we were worse than that. Yeah, and that's not, uh, and no, you don't actually want to go back to the triumvirate. Like, there's nobody who should be walking around going, "Yeah, those players should go back to coaching." We didn't win games while they were coaching because 
you know, John Hackworth is not good at his job. We won those games because they were in matchups that favored us, Mm -hmm. in games that we could be expected to win and to perform well. And the guys did a yeoman's job. Yeah. But they can't be expected to do that all the time, especially now that Luke's got to get out there and play. (sighs) All right. That's my game. That's my game review. That's all I've got. It sucked. I hate losing. The rain was miserable. Wish it could have been restarted. I'm not mad that it wasn't, though. I will say it wouldn't be much of a rivalry if both teams didn't win. Mm-hmm. In yep. the span of that rivalry. Yep. Right? Like, if we had just, like, trounced Cincinnati every time we saw them, that'd be great. Wouldn't be a rivalry. But it wouldn't be a rivalry. Yeah. I agree with that. Although, I will say that for... Like, 80 years, the Yankees beat the Red Sox basically every time. I mean, not every game, but they beat them in every way that mattered. Right. For like 80 years, and people still considered that a rivalry. I wouldn't mind being the Yankees in that uh, in that. Analogy. But we're still in a position to beat Cincinnati in a way that matters. Agreed, we are. And I like that it was competitive, frankly. It was uh, uh, the, the series ends with... Uh, Completely even across the board. Three wins, three losses, three draws for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, in league play, we did better by one game. because well, yeah. But in open cup play, they got us. So, whatever. And we outscored them pretty dramatically, but that's mm-hmm. mostly due to the 5 nothing win. So. Right. That's fine. It's fine. We got, two derby, uh, we got two Dirty River Derby titles. They got one. Fine with that. Yeah. You know, all right. Wish them well in MLS, and by well, I mean, well, you guys are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm wishing them. All right, game, yeah, any other game review thoughts? Are we ready to have some purple stuff? Because, boy, I need it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, yeah, there you go. Hey, that's perfect. Mm. <sighs> what do you got? I got uh, a couple of little things. One, the Scouse's House KRM Darts Tournament mm-hmm. was a rousing success. Uh, yeah. yeah, raised over 250 bucks for uh, Kentucky Refugee Ministries. Uh, some did good you win? Some good darts were played. And yes, the Scouse's House team did, in fact, reign victorious. Nice. Yeah. Hey, what was it you, Scouse and David? It would have been, but Scouse himself fell down some stairs that morning. What? I know. Is he okay? El Presidente is fine. He just uh, hurt the shoulder a little bit. Um, and amazingly, because he is essentially a saint, mm-hmm. Scouse fell down the stairs while carrying the KRM gear that was collected at the game. So he was loading his car up with uh, the gear for KRM and uh, the Highlands Youth Soccer yeah, uh, and fell down the stairs because he was caring too much. He was both carrying and caring too much. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. That was, that was a little, good. A little wordplay. Uh, so, no, Scouse didn't get to throw. David and I did uh, withhold the honor of Scouse's house, and uh, we had a partner who uh, is a friend of Scouse's that throws darts with him on the regular because okay. Scouse brought in a ringer, essentially, right. and a guy named Scott who was very good. Good. 
I uh, myself won three games and lost one, and uh, David and Scott both won every game they played. So not surprising. So we uh, we did fine. Uh, all that you really need to know is that Jared lost. <laughs> Jared Jared's team lost. Um, oh, Jared, who was his, who were, who was on his team? He had uh, Chad McCubbin with him, okay. and then I think they played with. Uh, nope. I don't okay. remember. I don't have the rosters in front of me, but we had uh, we had five teams of three, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We yeah. got to throw some darts, got to watch some uh, American football on TV on Sunday. I know you would have joined us had it not been for your uh, anniversary celebrations. When you say celebration, really you mean sitting on a couch and drinking and eating all day. But holding Which hands. Which is what we wanted to do. Really, yeah. it was me holding her feet. Okay. You're quite uh, the husband. I, I'm not sure if you knew this about me or not. Um, I give spectacular footballs. Whoa, I really was really terrified about what direction no, we were going to no, go with this. No, it's a family show. Sure. It's a family show. Sure. I give amazing foot rubs, and I shouldn't have shown my wife that early on in our no, relationship. Yeah. No, yeah. Because now it's just expected. Yeah, you want to, on anything like that, which is a talent of yours that your spouse uh, will really appreciate. Yeah. You want to start super okay. Yeah. Even if you're terrific at it, you don't want to show your A no. game. Well, I, no. I'm, I'm talking like cooking. I'm talking like uh, massages. I'm talking like uh, smooching. I'm talking about all the things that you can be good at. You want to be just good enough to impress them. Yeah. And then slowly over time, you demonstrate the full range of your quality. Maybe not quality. even good enough to impress them. Good enough to make them go, well. Yeah, okay. to not disappoint them. Right. To make sure they will end up marrying exactly. you. But I didn't do that. And so I spent our anniversary uh, rubbing my wife's feet. Understood. I couldn't have imagined a better anniversary. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. One year in the books. A year. Uh, she hasn't got, killed me. You got like 40 more to go. I, I fully expected at this point to. Uh, be just smothered in yeah. my sleep. No, I just expected her to leave you. Like, I didn't well, expect her to physically injure you. <laughs> like, she's not that kind of person. I just expected her to, you know, you'd wake up one morning and she'd pull a Goodwill hunting and right. just have left. Give it time. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. Um, so the Scouts' House Dart Tournament was a lot of fun. Uh, raised some good money. KRM's going to get... Uh, KRM got a lot. That's piece number two is mm-hmm. that uh, KRM... There were about eight bin loads of uh, soccer youth equipment that nice. were donated by city fans all across the game on uh, on Saturday. I know that a lot of people from a lot of different supporters groups all participated in that, and mm-hmm. some even non-supporters group mm-hmm. people just uh, brought stuff for the kids. And it's great because these are these are some really sweet children who you know through no fault of their own, are stuck in a tough tough yeah. circumstance. And uh, being able to have the familiarity of a game like soccer and the camaraderie mm-hmm. and all that provided for them in any way is just wonderful. So uh, it makes my heart feel big yeah. that uh, Lou City and the supporters all got behind an initiative like that. And the good stuff hasn't ended for uh, Scouse's House relationship with KRM. Uh, there's going to be some more. Uh, some of it will be news that I don't want to. I don't want to break because it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be like actual news. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's more good stuff coming for KRM from Scouse's house, and uh, we're really, really thrilled to have gotten to work with that, mm-hmm. with that organization who does good stuff for the city of Louisville. Uh, so those were pieces one and two. Piece okay. three is Cam Lancaster did not score, which Weird. is bizarre. I'm. I mean, I don't even know how to. 
How am I supposed to feel about that? I don't know how to digest. Like, I don't. Although I'm worried that I jinxed him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because on our on our show with Sean Francis, nicest guy on earth. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that because he was Cameron was five away from. He is four away from tying and five away from breaking. Yeah, five away from breaking. And like an idiot, I was like, oh, well, that should be easy. We yeah. still have this many games. I you tried to talk you down and... from that, yeah. Um, scoring scoring goals that. is hard. I regret that immediately. Yeah. I regret that statement because I feel like maybe I have jinxed him. And I'm sorry. If Cameron, if you're listening to this, I couldn't be more sorry. It, you know, he's a professional and he's a legit professional. But what if he's so. mad at me? Well, you know, I hope he doesn't carry that with him on the field. And if he does, maybe you could give him a foot massage or something. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard you guy. get it. Uh, So, new service being offered from Scouts' House Supporters Group to all players. <laughs> foot rubs. Just from this one person. Um, no, so he's uh, st- sitting on 18, still two goals ahead in the Golden Boot race. Mm-hmm. It's not like a comfortable lead. It's somebody who put up a hat trick the next game and be ahead yeah. of him, but... Uh, you know, a good lead, and uh, hopefully he finds his scoring form again because it'd be fun to see him win the uh, mm-hmm. win the Golden Boot. Having two in four years would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> tack that on to uh, what you mentioned earlier, which is that Brian Ownby is now engaged to be married. He yeah. posted that online, and that's that was another piece of Purple Stuff, which is cool. And one final note for Purple Stuff, which was... Uh, Another heartwarming experience is that Lou City on uh, October 9th mm-hmm. will be hosting a uh, pink out for the game against North Carolina. The, uh, the crowd that day is encouraged to wear pink. There will likely be t-shirts available for purchase. There are definitely going to be some uh, uh, one game only jerseys to be purchased. Uh, my understanding is about a hundred of them are going to be yeah. printed up and sold yeah. before the game. And the players will be wearing them, which are pink and white striped jerseys. So uh, pink in place of the gold on the yeah. uh, on the road alternate. I think it'll look cool. I think it will too. And uh, I imagine that when they said that they will either be raffling off or selling the uh, game-worn jerseys from mm-hmm. the players... I imagine I might be buying a ticket or putting in a bid. So yeah. we'll see. Because those are pretty cool, and I wouldn't mind having one. I think that if I was going to have one of the players' jerseys, mm-hmm. I think I'd look good in a Pat McMahon. I think I'd look good in a Pat McMahon. It'd be a little tight on me. Yeah. It'd be a little tight on me, but you, let's not kid ourselves. There aren't a lot of fat guys on the team. Well, so I'm not. <laughs> you're not fat, you're stout. I, I am stout. You're stout. I am stout. I suppose that uh, I would need one of the more barrel chested players. Yeah. But, uh, like I think, a Luke. I'd like to Luke have. Luke would fit you. Yeah, I might be able to get away with a Luke. But he's a lot taller than me, so it might be hanging down to my knees. Just wear it as a nightshirt. Ooh, I wear so many <laughs> nightshirts. I'll suck it. It'd be great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the Donald Duck reference coming. Um, um, you know, I will also, if that's the case, be putting in a bid. Mm. Um, I'm going for... Uh, I'd go for Tosh or Paco. I yeah. know that Tosh might be a little short yeah. on me. Tosh might be a midriff bearing shirt for you. He's basically as tall as I am, though. Is he? Re- yeah. Tosh is not as tall as you are. 
standing next to him at Forecastle. So Toast just puts out a, a vibe like he's 6'5". Because uh, I think Paco is the tallest player on the team, or at least the tallest outfield player on the team. I'm not sure how tall uh, Hubbard and Dobro are. But I think that the tallest yeah. outfield player on the team is Paco, and I think he's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, really? Yeah. Well, then Tosh carries himself very well. Very tall. So, yeah. Can, you know, like um, Aries comes the bridegroom. Right. Taller far than a tall man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, either Tosh or Paco. All right. Our dogs are now enjoying a little bit of playtime. Andy's going to run them off, but it's not going to work. He's not much of a shepherd. Well, it worked better than I thought. Um, So we wouldn't mind having shirts like that, and uh, hopefully we can find a way to get them. Would you wash them first? Yes. Would you, though? God, I hope they're going to wash them first. No, no, no. I bet they don't. That would be really foul, man. Do you know how hard those guys play? Yeah, I know. Like, whenever I see uh, LeBron flinging headbands and stuff into the crowd That's after gross. a game, I'm like, I do not want that. that. At least these jerseys would be pre-laundered and signed. Those headbands are just, you know, it's just a sweat rag. Would you wear it, though? The jersey? The game-worn? Yeah. No, I, I might get that framed, to be honest yeah. with you. If my wife wanted to wear it, I'd let her, you know, if she wanted to make that her game jersey, I wouldn't have an objection to that. Might but, or I might go nightshirt if I were to get one from Luke. So we'll see. Uh, here's my uh, here's my banter for tonight. Okay. I want to banter a little bit about what to expect, mm-hmm. and in particular, I want to talk about Brian Ownby. Okay. I think it's easy to forget mm-hmm. now that we're several weeks out from the last time we got to see Brian Ownby on the field that. There was a stretch of games, particularly in my mind, is the uh, is the revolutions uh, the revolution game mm-hmm. in the U.S. Open Cup, mm-hmm. but for like three games before that and three games after that, where Brian Ownby was the best player on the field in every game we played, yeah. where he stretched the field, where he made everything more dangerous, he created space in the middle for the guys, he was mm-hmm. dangerous cutting in, he was dangerous cutting out. He was good with the ball at his feet. Uh, In the Open Cup matches, he was scoring at will. And in the league matches, he commanded attention from multiple defenders and created a lot of room for the guys in the middle of the field to operate. He was massively important to what we were trying to do and to how we wanted to do it. He hadn't been playing, man. Nope. And I'm not saying that he's the best player on the team. I'm not trying to get into that kind of conversation. But he's a difference kind of, maker. He's a difference maker, and he can be, on any given night, the best player on the field for either team. Yeah. And that's something that we're missing right now. The speed element that he brings, we're definitely yeah. missing. And a little bit the quality. Just the, uh, the ability to say, I'm going to beat this guy. Uh, one-on-one, I'm going past you, and you're in trouble. George, I just got done saying, played an incredible game. Yeah. And Niall had about a three-week stretch where he was playing as well as I've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. Great soccer. But those two guys, George and Niall, play a similar style of game mm-hmm. and at a similar pace, and there's not a lot of mystery. Right. And remember we were talking to Sean Francis about it just last week, that in soccer, being able to throw different looks at a team is everything. Mm-hmm. They can't. You have to not... You have to be the unexpected occasionally. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're not particularly unexpected. 
It's the same thing having Magram out. Magram has had an up and down year, good parts and bad parts, but uh, he's at least a little bit of a different look from George and and, uh, Nile. Brian is a different look. The bits and pieces we've gotten to see of Richard Ballard since he came back is a different look. Mm-hmm. I have zero problem, none, mm-hmm. with the idea that Niall and George should start games for us in those two attacking midfielder positions. I got no objection to that. They're both great, and like I say, I thought George was our best player the other night. Uh, no, I don't want this to be mistaken for me criticizing them here, because I'm really not. They both play, have played very well. Right. I need... Somebody like Brian Ombi to come off the bench and shake things up, especially against a tired defense. Yeah. It's it's tough right now when I love Sean Francis. He was the sweetest man, and I, I kind of want to get bunk beds and share them with him. He might do it. But he doesn't make a huge difference when he comes onto the field. And that's not saying that he's not a good player or even a better player than somebody he might be replacing. But the style of game he plays is similar mm-hmm. to what Oscar and Kyle play. He plays a similar position, and he does similar things and tries to do similar things that they try to do. Mm-hmm. He's been our main sub, him and Luke. Luke's a striker. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who's going to change some things on the edges of the field. Mm-hmm. And right now we don't get a lot of that change. Hopefully Ballard being healthy will make a difference. But Brian Ownby to me... He's the difference between us being a uh, threat in the playoffs yeah. and us and us winning a game or two and then bowing out against you know a Pittsburgh, a, Char- mm-hmm. a Charleston, or a uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, that's not very bantery. That no. was like soapboxy. I know. Yeah. You don't want to banter about this. Then, you know the thing is because you just agree with me, or I, d- I agree with you, um, but. And when we say difference maker, it's what's even more impressive to me is that he has been a difference maker this season without scoring a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's even more of a mark of how important somebody is. Like, it's easy to say Cameron Lancaster's a difference maker. Yeah, because he scores goals. Yeah. But to say that Owenby's a difference maker, he hasn't scored any goals this season, that, to me, is impressive. Yep. You have that much effect on a game. Without scoring. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it changes the entire look of what a defense has to do against your team. Yeah. And think, if they're playing a three-man back line or if they're playing a four-man back line, and Brian Ownby goes sprinting towards the flag. Which no one's going to beat him. At least one or two of those guys have got to follow him. And that means that there's space for the wing to cut into that area at the top of the 18. Mm-hmm. And there's extra space uh, at the, you know... At the penalty line for our penalty line. At the penalty bar, <laughs> penalty spot <laughs> for our strikers. There's just so much more room to yeah. do things in a game. And he provides great service. Yeah. So it's a double whammy. Um, that's one of the that's one of my favorite things about watching Omi play is how much effort the other team has to devote to him. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you get it's, it's like when you when he has the ball and he's making a run, it's like you you're, you can almost hear the other team in their heads saying, you know, damn it, this guy. All right, and the 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 team itself uh, got back to me shortly before we started recording, mm-hmm. and uh, they say that uh, they cannot 
completely confirm that Brian Ownby will be playing this week. They can't say, yes, he's back. But they also aren't ruling it out yet, which it got ruled out for me pretty early the last couple of weeks. So I'm hopeful that Brian Ownby will play. But even if he's not available this week, the fact that he's this close means that without any more setbacks, Mm -hmm. we should definitely be seeing him, you know, two, three, four weeks before the playoffs start. Time to get your legs back under you. And that's what I want want to start seeing with uh, Ballard now, too. And I have one interesting note about players. I love interesting notes. I know. It's not even a note. It's a question. I apologize. What are we going to do with Jose Carranza? He got in there for that one game. He looked great. He played wonderfully well in that particular game. Yeah. And then... uh, He scored in that game. Scored in the game and created... You know, some excitement. Yeah. Tried some stuff. He's fast. He is. He's also clever with the ball. Yeah. He, uh, he had some nice ideas about, uh, you know, tricky angles. Mm-hmm. I liked what I saw from him. The fact that he hasn't been back out on the field says two things to me. One, I think Coach Hack heard the criticism of the Toronto game where we played strange formations with new players, Mm -hmm. and everybody said, whoa, 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 get our normal lineup back out there so that crap doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. And so maybe Carranza got sat on the bench for that first game, and then now we're playing Cincinnati, and nobody wants to see anything strange or weird or or 19-year-olds on the field against Cincinnati. Uh, And now you say to yourself, well, we're going to the second-place team. We need a win. We're coming off of, you know... Uh, poor form over our last four games, mm-hmm. three games or mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, maybe you don't want to throw this guy into the mix against a, you know an established team that's super well disciplined. Mm-hmm. But maybe you say, let's get a little nineteen-year-old exuberance out there, mm-hmm. a little bit of youth, yeah. a little bit of yeah. flair, a little something different. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing well, Jose Carranza. <laughs> Someday Lance is going to let me do that. I know, and you're going to be great. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him. See, I, if For no other reason than I feel like at a certain point, and again, this is just me assuming a lot, but I feel like at a certain point, don't you have to say, okay, let's try something different. Yeah, I'm not to the got to try something different point of the season to me. I'm at the. I'm not even talking about the season itself. I'm saying like individual games. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. That's that's the that's what I'm giving you for that is maybe. Uh, what we do works. Like I know that we we talked about it the last two weeks about what happened against Toronto and then what happened against uh, uh, in the draw that followed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, for whatever reason, I'm blanking on now. Is it? Was it? Yeah. We live in the information. I'm blanking on it, man, and I apologize. That's okay. But uh, in the draw that followed it, uh, we we controlled possession. We dominated possession in both of those games. We had uh, we had completely reasonable expectation to win those games. We had more shots. We had more chances. We Charleston. had more shots on target. It was Charleston. So. In the draw against Charleston, the loss against Toronto, and in now and against the win against Cincinnati, we had the edge in possession. We had the edge in basically every statistical category mm-hmm. except for on the scoreboard. What we're doing isn't not working. We're not finishing great, and we're not stopping them finishing at the end. 
Right. And uh, that's just, that's, you know, I, we got to bring uh, my boy tracking forward back on the show because uh, he'd tell you that in terms of expected goals, that stuff's going to even out. Like, mm-hmm. we deserve, we have deserved to win these games, and uh, we just haven't, you know. Yeah. I, you start catching a couple of breaks, and I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I really don't. I think that they can ride this team to a good result. We just need some sort of shot in the arm to get us, you know, going. And maybe Jose Carranza is that shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we also beat a team 3 nothing, and then a team 6 nothing in, yeah. in like four days. And you thought, here we go. Buckle up. Everybody's in trouble. Right. And then we follow that up by laying an egg against Toronto. And uh, then sort of a, a lifeless effort against Charleston besides Cam's two goals. Yeah. And now we lose to our arch rivals and now everybody's bummed again. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't have the I don't have the 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 heart for this roller coaster. So I'm saying let's just run on a steady track for a while here and trust that when we get to the playoffs, whether it be second, third, or fourth place, mm-hmm. we're gonna play that first home game and our guys are gonna come out to win. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're playing really good teams the rest of the way, and maybe we win and maybe we don't, but we're, we've got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah. Cincinnati doesn't want to see us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have no interest in seeing us again. None. Because they know we outplayed them. Three games we outplayed them, and they were happy to come away with a win in that one. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything else for tonight, do you? No. That's a, that's a tight 105, man. Yeah, that's a, a, a tight 105. Do, does anybody, would anybody like to hear us just sort of like chit-chatting for you know the next 40 minutes or so about non-soccer-related stuff? I don't think anybody wants Nobody that. wants to hear that? I don't that's, think anybody wants that. That's shocking. <laughs> I'm sure my wife doesn't want to hear it either. So, all right. I, I don't have anything else to say except one thing, and that is, uh, as always, Go, go City! city.